Welcome to The Villain Was Right, the podcast where we look at movies and TV shows from the villain's perspective and dare to ask, were they really all that bad? I'm your host, Craig Fay, And I'm your host, Rebecca Reeds. <laughs> and this week on the podcast, it is audience choice time, everybody. Uh, our patrons <laughs> voted. Uh, they uh, they surprised us. And uh, we fifty, nearly 50% of people voted for this. You've got mail, everybody. You've got mail. Tom Hanks. Uh, uh, Meg Ryan, the dynamic duo. Okay, I know last episode, like, I kind of shit talked this. Tr- I was like, I didn't think we were gonna hit this. I don't know why we picked this. And honestly, after watching it, I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. Actually, this was the pick. This was the pick. There's so much to say. These horrible, horrible people. Oh my god. I honestly. Never thought I, I haven't watched this movie in so long. Uh, right. I think I watched it when it first came out and I never watched it again. And I think this is one of the only movies where I've watched it and I'm like, I don't, Tom Hanks's character, like, fuck him. <laughs> I don't, and I, it like, do you know, understand how hard it is to, to make somebody dislike Tom Hanks? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. I, I, I mean, I, I didn't quite dislike him in this. Oh, I, I just quite like. as much as you did. <laughs> but I was very aware the whole time that if this was not Tom Hanks, I would be rooting for his demise. <laughs> oh man! Like yeah. everything he gets away with, I, I think he gets away with because he's Tom Hanks. Yeah, but there were even moments where I'm like, this isn't even Tom Hanksy enough for me. You know what I mean? We're not even reaching it. This guy, oh man, when he's talking to the cashier, oh, oh, I oh, felt we'll that in it. my freaking soul. Anyway, sorry, I'm bouncing <laughs> off. <laughs> but like, if so, if if people haven't seen the movie, Rebecca, how, uh, su- summarize it for us here. So we've got two people. Uh, we've got we've got uh, we've got Meg and Tom Hanks. We got. Uh, We've got we'll have character well, names, but like <laughs> yeah, Megan, yeah. Meg, yeah. Ka- sorry, um, Joe and Kathleen. No, Megan Tom. <laughs> Megan Tom. Yeah, we're just gonna call them Megan Tom. They're Megan Tom. Okay. Um, so Megan Tom are in two separate, like different relationships with with people who are lovely and fine and good to them. I don't know what the problem is. Anyway, they each take to um, emailing each other after they have met each other in a chat room. And it's kind of, it's this anonymous, we don't know each other's names, we never reveal any personal information, but we are having a very deep emotional affair (laughs) over the internet. And for some reason, these two people are our main lovely characters, the people we're rooting for. Anyway, Meg owns Owns a small bookstore, family-owned, has been open for almost 50 years, big deal children's bookstore. And she finds out that a big box bookstore is being opened up across the street, which is basically going to run her out of business. This is owned by Tom Hanks's family. And then we see this slowly unfold where Tom Hanks discovers that Meg is the person that he's been emailing the entire time and they hate each other. They hate each other. They're at war. And then for some reason, when he discovers it, still doesn't tell her that it's him. Okay. They each respectively break up with their uh, significant others. He strings her along, lies to her. And then at the end of the movie, she finally finds out it's him. 
and they, they get together. And they, yeah, oh, yeah. God, oh my God. <laughs> I'm so, we're, yeah, well, I got yeah. a lot to say about this. <laughs> we have so much to say, and I, I'm really looking forward to hearing uh, what you have to say. But before we do that, uh, we want to thank our sponsor for, to this, uh, for today's episode, uh, Virtual Game Night. This is such a cool thing. Uh, we're coming up to the holidays. Um, spice up your Zoom call a little, and Go check out Virtual Game Night. What it is, it is a live game show that you play over Zoom. It has got a live host, um, and it is so much fun. Uh, it really I, is. Yeah. Yeah. We got to do it with a whole from Superheroes Network, um, and it was... It, it, I, I came into it not really knowing what to expect and like left with genuinely feeling this is so much fun. Um, custom categories that you can go to. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's super fun, guys. I mean, I'm not a big trivia person because I'm somebody that is always worried everybody's going to think I'm I'm unintelligent or I've had the wrong answer. I'm just always worried I'm going to embarrass myself. And this was just honestly like a really fun time uh, with, you know, a group of friends. Uh, if you want to do it with your company, group of friends, whatever, it's a great service. If you want to turn your next virtual gathering into a virtual game night, visit Virtual Game Night dot live slash villain and book your completely free one-to-one demo and consultation. And when you're ready to book, take 20% off the price of any game night package with code villain 20 over a hundred other groups who have livened up their zoom calls this year by making your next virtual event, a virtual game night at virtual game night dot live slash villain and enter the code villain 20 to take 20% off any game night package that's villain 20 guys get on it yeah super fun definitely treat yourself to that and now uh <laughs> back to the rant back to the rant so for before we get too far into it so who do you clock as the villain in this I like, like I honestly okay so I'm going to argue for the for the for their spe- like their their partners essentially okay and I do believe in a certain sense it is like big box business, okay? But at no point I do believe does that message ever really come across. It looks like we're veering towards that and then it's just like, oh no, this is just a romance of two people that dislike each other. Um, yeah, I kind of agree the same way where it seems like it seems the people we're supposed to dislike are the current uh like relationships like Greg Kinnear and uh, Parker Posey mm-hmm. uh, because they're not right for the two characters. But like all the way through it, I was just like, Tom Hanks is the villain of this. Yes, he really, <laughs> really is. And okay. Now, before we dive into anything else, because th- this is honestly like I'm bursting to say this because I, it was the biggest thing that bothered me about this movie and I think it's where I need to start okay um Meg Meg Ryan's character okay she is getting run down by this big box store right like shit's gonna close and she's like you're running the little guy out of town kind of attitude like this is a family business I this bitch goes to Starbucks every day (laughs) Every day she goes to Starbucks in New York, dude. Do you know how many coffee shops? You can get, 
a family-owned coffee in New York. I'm positive, dude. I'm absolutely positive. And this woman, every day she wakes up, going to her little family-owned bookstore. The uh, this is about this isn't about big business. This is about family. And I'll have a tall macchiato, please. <laughs> I was. Every time she walked into a Starbucks, I was re-infuriated. I was so mad. I was way more mad than I have any right to be. But I was like, this is a huge plot hole for me. This is a big character fault. How could you justify that this woman's one of her biggest characteristics is like supporting local business and that's what she's all about and all she fucking does is go to Starbucks? Well, I think, and I think the movie shows that she's pretty weak on that in that like she's for supporting small business uh, when it's her business. <laughs> yes. Yes. What a terrible, terrible woman. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to go so far as to say terrible. Cause like who doesn't, uh, you know, who doesn't compromise here or there with, with, with something or another. No, uh, but there are other examples that I will get into where I find this woman unpleasant. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, just, and, and just in that vein, one, one quick thing that I want to say this is what I had trouble with in this movie was like, I get it's like, ooh, big bad box store and they do some really bad business practices or whatever versus the small guy. And normally you could sell me on that message like 95% of the time. But like in this case, I have such a hard time wrapping my head around that any place that sells books is bad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, you know, Walmart is selling produce now, and they're undercutting the the little grocer that's down the road. I was like, mm. yeah, that's terrible. But I'm, d- but like, as soon as it's books, I'm like, yeah, they're books though. Like, books are good. Like, people oh, should have books, right? Do like, you want me to I- change your mind on this? Because I can right now. <laughs> okay, here's how to change your mind on this. Um, I don't know if you know this, but a lot of big box bookstores, um, when they have too much inventory, they shred the books. They don't send them out. They don't put them into the community because they know they'll flood their own market. So they literally, because it's too expensive to ship them elsewhere sometimes or to move them around, they will literally just shred books to save themselves money. Um, I don't think any small independent bookstore is shredding any books. (laughs) All right. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) And these guys look like shredders to me. I could be wrong. I'm making a leap, but I think. think I'll give you, I'll give you shredders. (laughs) Okay, so to get to our, I would say these guys are like light villains. Okay, our two, our two partners. Okay, so we've got Frank who is uh, dating Meg. They're and she says we're practically living together. And I'm like, it seems like you just are living together and you're kind of like painting this like you're, you're not. Hedging, you're hedging. I, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So um, Frank's very anti-technology and he's a little extreme. And I think as a viewers, we're supposed to look at that like, ooh, like, look at this guy's too intense. But we see very quickly that other characters in this universe do find him very charming, interesting, very intelligent and a desirable person. Yes. Uh, I Yeah, absolutely. And like, <laughs> I kind of immediately uh uh sympathized with him and 
Of course he did. <laughs> Craig versus technology. Yeah, uh, we'll get to that a little later. Uh, but uh, yeah, absolutely. I was just like, no, I, I, I get it. And like he's going on about like this, this, the computers, the internet is the downfall of Western civilization. I was like, oof, you're just about, you're, you're about. 20 years too 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 early on that yeah you're just ahead of your time man you nailed it yeah yes absolutely (laughs) dude there were so many times watching this movie where anytime he would speak about like the you know the evils of technology i'm like yeah dude absolutely i'm addicted okay it's a bad thing i watched that i watched that documentary the social dilemma oh yeah i deleted facebook off my phone as soon as i uh as soon as i finished oh my god i stopped using social media for three days. And then I went back to 100% capacity. <laughs> like it was like, it didn't even, it like, it changed me for three days and no more. And every, every once in a while I'll think about that and go, Oh yeah, that's, that's a problem we should probably address at some point, <laughs> but not today. <laughs> This is an addiction, and the algorithms make you come back. Yeah. Um, so if in in any respect we see Frank as a villain, a hundred percent that statement is right to me. Okay. If we're if we're finding rightness, he's absolutely right. There is a major point I want to bring up for Frank because I'm like this man has been dissed and dismissed too many times in this relationship. Okay. okay? Meg does not treat him particularly well. He is like very much a cheerleader for her. Okay. Mm. Wrote an article for her when her, uh, when she was starting to go out of business, even though that he said is a conflict of interest. He says, yes. is that a conflict of interest? Yes. Am I going to do it anyway for you? Yes, absolutely. Like always in her corner. And there's one small moment that I would like to zoom in on because it's something that really, really bothered me and something I'm like, Oh, Meg is being a dick right now. Like, I can't believe how short-sighted she's being. So um, we have uh, a nutty kind of children's author show up and be like, hey, you're not closing, right? Like, I still want to do my signing here kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You should get that nut from the observer to write an article for you. And she goes, what Uh nut? He goes, Frank. And she's like, oh, and she's kind of like taken aback. And it's, I think it's kind of to be like, oh, you know, like this guy is kind of nutty and this guy isn't for me. But I'm like, no, he's actually a respected writer. Okay. And then she goes back to him and says, so this woman you don't know called you a nut. And then when he says, this woman called me a nut, she's like, that's not the point. I'm like, oh, it is. <laughs> and if it's not the point, why did you tell me? Why'd you bring it up? Yeah, why'd you bring it up? Because honestly, Craig, like I just kept, and I know like this is this is just me putting myself in their shoes, but I'm like, if like if my boyfriend came home and was like, hey, do you know who said you're terrible at comedy? This person I work with that you don't know, I would be like, you're so that's that's so mean. That's mean to be mean. I don't know this person. I don't need to know how they feel about me, what they think. If they say something bad, you could absolutely keep it to yourself. Yeah, unless it somehow affects you. Like, you know. But- that's what I'm saying. Like, if I don't yeah. know them, if I know them and they're my friend and maybe they're like shit talking me or something, like, there are th- certain times where you should say something. This was not one of those times, especially when that woman is nutty. Yeah, she's pretty nuts. And then yeah. she goes immediately and, and like does the signing at the big box store, which like I'm not gonna blame her for. You know, you gotta, oh, you gotta yeah. make ends meet. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta sell that book. That's her job. 
She um, is definitely, I would say, one of the like small like like side villains. And I absolutely get the move. Okay, I get it. There is a part of you that wants to go, okay, yeah, I should go support this small, this small, you know, business. But there's a larger part that says, but I also run my own business and I need to support me. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta do what you gotta do um there. But yeah, I I mean I I Frank is such a good guy. And I will say that like the movie doesn't treat him terribly. Like the movie admits that he's a nice guy and that they're just not right for each other, mm-hmm. which I will give credit is refreshing, right? Where he's not just so stereotypically a bad boyfriend that you're like, yeah, fuck that guy and cheering for her to get with Tom Hanks. Um, but you just know that they're wrong together. Yes, absolutely. But one th- and a point I wanted to bring up where I think Frank is so much more right than Meg is um, that he's the one that initiates the breakup. At no point, Meg knows she wants to break up with this guy. Very clear. Like, she kind of hems and haws and whatever. But there's definitely a general tone of, I'm not going to end up with this person. Okay? But at no point does she admit that to herself or does she step into it. And Frank's the one that goes, hey, you know what? I don't really think we love each other. And correct me if I'm wrong, but is this after the point in the movie where uh, she goes to meet? Yes, absolutely it is. It absolutely is. Okay. (laughs) Trust that I noted that. Yes. Okay. And most importantly, I think, because this is, this is how, in my mind, how you determine whether you are aware that you are doing something wrong or not. Okay. And each of them, Tom and Meg, wait for their significant others to leave the house when they do this and they never mention it to them. And that's how, you know, they know it's wrong. Yeah, okay. That's the first two scenes of the movie. Yeah, I it is. The, I think the first one is Meg Ryan. And then like Greg Kinnear leaves and she's like, Ooh, you know, th- opens it like an addict yeah. and is like, I'm yeah, walking yeah. in to do this. And then the very next scene is Tom Hanks doing the exact same thing. And you're My just like, heart skips a beat. <laughs> like, yeah, oh, like, no. Uh, that's not right, you know? Uh. <laughs> yeah, because here's the thing. It's it's totally fine. To, uh, of course it's fine to have friends over the internet. And it's good to chat with people outside of your relationship. And you can absolutely have friends that are either the opposite sex or, um, you know, whatever. Or, or somebody you might be attracted to or what have you. You can be friends with people, okay? I'm not saying you can't be friends with people. But the second you start not mentioning things that's when you're like okay so you actually there there this is suspicious this is very suspicious behavior yeah you're worried about what you're doing so you're hiding it she like literally checks to make sure he's gone you know what i mean like there's if you especially you double check dude oh man if you do a double check like that is and like <laughs> At first, I kind of thought, okay, it's maybe because it's like Frank really hates technology. So she like can't use it around him because it'll set him off and he's a bad boyfriend. But at no point does that come up. No, you know what it, I mean? He's just a really nice, lovely person. I mean, I feel sorry for his editor who uh, he's clearly turning in copy in uh, <laughs> yes. done on an electronic typewriter, <laughs> which like maybe in 1997 would have been like passable. Um, cause I bet they still had, uh, people clinging to that in 97, but like, mm. yeah, yeah. He owns two electric typewriters. 
crazy. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, like that was supposed to be some big review. She's like, well, what about this one? And I'm like, well, that seems like a very regular every couple problem. <laughs> You know what I mean? Maybe I'm wrong. Why do Maybe you I grew have up so in many a shoes. Why yeah, do you have so many tools. <laughs> yeah. Why do you? Why is this? Why do you have so many? Why? Why are? Why do you have more of the things that you're interested in than? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why is there a closet full of Beanie Babies? Like whatever. Um, Everybody has their th- one thing yeah. that they're like, oh, this is kind of this is definitely annoying, but. It's really the biggest annoying thing about me, and it's pretty mild, so yeah. we can relax. You know what I mean? And interestingly enough, that is uh, Tom Hanks's actual thing. <laughs> he's he's big into not mechan- uh, electronic typewriters, but typewriters. He he is a typewriter guy, and he like types up thank you letters and like stuff like that. You can look it up online. He's like gifted typewriters to people. Like Tom Hanks is a typewriter guy. Uh, it's very oh. charming. And it yeah, makes I was going to say that's more. a very, yeah. So uh, why is it not charming for this man? I think it's charming. Now, mind you, we are watching this from a 2020 perspective. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm watching this, like you are correct. Technology shit. Like I, and I, I say that knowing that you guys are listening to this either on a phone or a computer and I wouldn't be able to do this without it. And but there we are, are currently not in the same room. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still looking at you. Yeah. There are definitely bonuses to technology, but we've gone in the, uh, dark direction with it, I think. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So you at least, um, even if you don't agree, you see his point. You get where you get where he's coming from. And I, to, to that point of like our retrospect on technology for this is, uh, I wrote down the title of the movie. You've got mail, so everybody logs in. And by the way, if uh, you are somehow born in the two thousands, which is quite possible if you're listening to this, uh, that is absolutely what the internet was in nineteen ninety seven. Uh, I know all kinds of movies get the internet wrong where it's like things flying at you. It's all 3d. That is exactly what it was like. Um, the screeching dial up noise one. I'll never, un- I understand why the internet screeches when you dial it up. Cause it needs to communicate to like another thing over the phone. Mm-hmm. I will never in my life understand why it needed to broadcast it. like why did it pipe that sound into the room instead of just having a quiet phone conversation with the other computer i never understood that because like it could be quiet once it was connected um that's my (laughs) that's that's one aside the second aside i want to say is the name of the movie you've got mail that pops up when they get email and i i heard that and i was like how quaint that this movie is from a time when getting an email was such a rare occurrence that it needed to be clearly announced to the world because it was such a joyous and novel thing rather than this today uh, where it is an unceasing flood of inconvenience and uh, and uh, 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 like a, a task that needs to be done. Just like oh, yeah, dude. flowing into your pocket. Be like, here's a job for you to do. Here's... <laughs> When I get that little like loading circle and I'm sitting there just going, please don't be work. Please don't be work. Please don't be work. (laughs) Yeah. And that subsequent, like there's two things you feel where you're like, I didn't get any emails. That means nobody likes me. And why aren't more people trying to give me work? Uh, yeah. And then you get a work email and you're like, ah, what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to respond to this because yeah. that's work. Uh, <laughs> oh, God damn. Yeah. 
<laughs> what torture. Although I keep thinking about the guy from uh, The Social Dilemma that said his addiction was email. I'm like, who's... Whose addiction's email? <laughs> Out of all the choices. Email, I mean, not that addictions are good for you. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it could just, like, I, I'm very obsessed about making sure that everything's read. Like, if there's that one little indication, like, you have one run, unread email, it drives uh, you crazy. I'm looking you, at 54 right now. <laughs> Currently on my screen, I can just... Take a quick glance down there and see a nice crisp 54. <laughs> I once looked over somebody's shoulder on a bus and they had like four digits in that little red thing. And I was just like, I shut it down. How could you? <laughs> How could? It was like two, 2,000 unread emails. Had and I was just like, about. just delete it all and start over, man. Like you're... <laughs> start a new life. Like <laughs> you just... <laughs> Like, light the garbage can on fire, lock the door, and walk away. Like, you're you're not who you, you are anymore. They drop you into the woods with a new cell phone. Like, this is who you are now. Yeah, we I set you up you with have... a new email and new contacts. Yeah, if you have over 2,000 unread emails, the government should just give you a new social insurance number. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're in witness protection now. Oh, my God. So I think we should definitely drift over to uh, Patricia, yes. who, what a, just a five-star human being. Yeah, okay. Parker Posey, right? Uh, Tom Hanks's girlfriend. Yes. Hanks, right? yep. okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, and I, I, I'm just going to start with what I think is one of the most wonderful things she does in this movie, and I believe is just such a selfless person. Tom Tom Hanks his his uh his you know Fox Books company gets Meg's store shut down permanently she closes the doors so sorry that was my family's business whatever and this woman's like I should offer her a job you put her out of business I'm going to offer her this like really nice cushy awesome New York editor job which would be perfect for her what a nice lady Right, so I, that's such a nice offer, and and uh, like I think, I think the movie tries to paint it as like she's somewhat opportunistic, or selfish, or self-absorbed, or only thinking of her and her career, but like that doesn't play in that moment. Mm-hmm. No. Right? Like, and, and she makes some very good choices where she's like, everybody likes her, uh, everybody respects her tastes. Can you like? The, the the sellers all like her, right? So like book people who buy and sell books know this woman and respect like she's a and, and what that says in that moment is clearly Meg Ride's character is a tastemaker. Yeah. Right? Like if if you had gotten a, a kid's book into her store and it was good, it became a success. And like seeing that in a in another person is amazing. Offering them a job is amazing. And I think it's just because Meg Ryan chooses not to, right? Like, she wants to do other things. Yeah, she decides that she's going to write her own book, right. which is which is a fine choice. And nobody, I would not fault a person for turning down a job to do something they would like more, obviously. I don't think that's a bad move, but I think it's an awesome, awesome move for her to offer it. You know what I mean? To offer up a job, be like, you're in a bad situation. Here you go. You could help me out if you want. And then you don't feel as a per, or at least me, like you, you wouldn't go through that panic of like, what am I going to do? I have options. I can, mm-hmm. I can do this or I can decide not to. 
but you've given me decisions and that's good. That can only be a good thing. And really does it in a sense of like, I'm kind of cleaning up your mess here, Tom. I'm cleaning up your family's mess. You kind of put this woman in and like, you know, all the like whatever social people, the the most social people of New York will all know that you are connected to helping this woman still. It kind of, yeah, it it redeems Tom Hanks' character a little bit in that moment. Where it's like, yeah, we put her out of business, but you know, things change and now she's moved on to a great job. Like it, it he, Tom Hanks's character has a defense when people yeah. accuse him of putting this cherished kids bookstore out of business. And it's this weird moment and I to- and I don't okay, the moment where they're in uh the elevator, he Tom Hanks decides he's going to break up with the uh, with his girlfriend. He's like, I don't like this woman. And that's not a problem. Okay, we there there's certainly I'm sure everybody in the world will have like a, this moment of clarity where it's like, okay, I don't really want to be with this person anymore. But they kind of tried to frame it like, oh, look at this. She's like, where's my Tic Tacs? And I'm like, yeah, she's probably frustrated. She's locked in an elevator. Like they give her <laughs> these moments where she's kind of like high tension, but I'm like, this just seems like a person that has high anxiety. She seems really nice and pleasant 90% of this movie. Yeah. I think it's fine if somebody's a little grumpy, Tom. I think we could maybe calm down a bit. Yeah. Uh, one, the, the, uh, the, uh, the most ineffectual, uh, elevator operator in history. Yes. <laughs> uh, Doesn't know who, anything about do, his most basic job. <laughs> yeah. It's like, first of all, he's not operating the elevator. He's just like, like old school. Like he's just hitting the buttons, which anybody could do. Second of all, when the elevator stops, uh, he doesn't realize that he can call for help. I was like, dude, that is like the minimum that we expect of a, of a elevator operator. And then decides to jump up and down to try and loosen it. I was like, you're awful. But he decides in that moment that he knows that he's going to get hit, ask his girlfriend to marry him because he's like, why haven't I yet? It's so clear now. And I'm like, you were in there for like an hour. That's what, honestly, I clocked that too because I was like, who has this this kind of life revelation in such a short period of time? Like, this is a minor inconvenience. This is a lineup at the DMV, man. Are you having an epiphany every time you have a second? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if... Being in a, locked in an elevator for an hour gives you that much perspective on your life. Just imagine what 2020 has done to them. Like, <laughs> I watched that. I was like, stuck in an elevator for an hour? Walk in the park, man. Piece of cake. <laughs> oh, my God. I yes. can that be over? But I, I, will, I will double down on do not judge anybody for how they behave. Uh, locked in an elevator. Like, obviously, if they start like going crazy and killing people, yeah, don't, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, there's limits. <laughs> if you're a little short or annoyed or not attentive or something, there's other shit going on. Well, for sure. And I'm personally like I'm claustrophobic. Like I don't yeah. particularly like elevators are pretty okay for me because there's enough space. But the second you start getting a few more people in or like pre-COVID, you'd be crammed in an elevator with like 10 people. (gasps) Oh, the drama. I better have my Tic Tacs. I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, excellent point. Um, And a couple of other ways in which she is possibly portrayed as being self-absorbed or uncaring, but I absolutely, absolutely love about her, which is that um, right at the beginning, that party, right? Yes. So um, 
It's a party that Tom Hanks does not want to go to. She says, um, you need to come because it's for my business, basically. Like, she's a publisher. She's whatever. It's like a fundraiser or whatever. Um, it looks good on me if you're there. And you also told me you were already coming. Exactly. <laughs> so, oh, she dragged him here? Fuck off. Also, that's just part of being in a relationship. You know how many Absolutely. parties? Absolutely. Yeah. You go to you go to things you don't want to to support your your partner. Um, but then there's a moment where she is talking to people. Tom Hanks is there and she just hands her glass to Tom Hanks and goes, can you go get me another drink? And I feel like that's supposed to be like, look at her ignoring him at this party. But no, Mm-mm. fuck right off with that. Mm-hmm. That is a woman who is, this is her party. This is, she's there to do business and make connections or network, whatever you want to call it. He can be in service to her there. She's not going to leave that conversation to go get a drink because those are important people to her and her business. You know? Absolutely. It's called being a supportive partner. Yeah. I just, I think the fact that he had already agreed to it is what really stuck with me. Is I'm like, this can't be annoying to you. You already said yes. And I am just reminding you right now of something you already agreed to. And it's so deflating to be with somebody that is combative in that manner of like, oh, well, I'm just going to kick rocks all the way to the door. I got to put a tie on. You are. In like whatever you 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 run big box bookstores. You always wear a tie. You always <laughs> you're always in a tie, Tom. Why you <laughs> dressing up, putting a putting a jacket on? Which I thought was so funny because when they arrived at the party, I was like, everybody else seems a little more casual. <laughs> I think Tom was just really too like I really got to show up and impress. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. At no point did I find this woman neglectful of Tom or at no point did I find her unpleasant. There was a moment where, you know, she, they're in the bed together and she like goes to cuddle him and he's like, "Ah, I'm not, I'm not tired. I'm going to get out of bed. And he sees that she's already passed out because she takes sleeping pills. And that's supposed to be like another moment of like, Oh, look at her just like not being present. And I'm like, he was just about to leave the bed. Who gives a shit? Like, why is this? This isn't a, this isn't a problem for me. If I was leaving the bed and my partner's just like fast asleep in 30 seconds, brilliant. I could put up the TV a little louder. This is great. Absolutely. There, there is uh, very quickly in relationships, you realize that bedtime does not need to be mutual. Like, you know what I mean? Oh, you're just not like, for me. Is, <laughs> are you coming to bed? Doesn't matter if you're not. I will be asleep mm-hmm. by the time you get here. Try not to turn on the lights too bright. Like that's... <laughs> Exactly. I found her pleasant or at least understandable through the entire movie. Now, (laughs) to dive into Tom and Meg, this relationship, very odd to me. So firstly, we start out with this like we don't know. We don't know each other, which is fine. I'm firm on my belief that this is emotional cheating yeah. It wouldn't be emotional cheating if you had told your partners and you didn't wait till they left to kind of sneakily have this email exchange or whatever. And, and especially when you both agreed that you wanted to meet each other and you, and, and you bring a rose. Okay. Now yeah. <laughs> I've never, I would, I don't think I would ever for, for a friend, you know what I mean? I'd be like, 
I'm the one in the Bud Light toque. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm not bringing a rose to this endeavor. Okay, yeah. because it really is sending a signal. No, it's, a, it's a friendship rose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like to give out friendship roses, you know. Uh, picked it up from a lady in the street for $10 on my way here. I, I just don't think that's either of their intentions, and I think that's very clear. The biggest problem I have with this love timeline is that Tom figures out who she is the first time they go to meet. He knows that it's her and that he knows that he's going to meet her, but he never reveals that it's him. So she just thinks she's been stood up. She has to live in this moment of like, oh, maybe he saw me and left, or maybe he's a serial killer (laughs) or what have you. And we go through this whole... Uh, you know, string of ideas of what could have had this person, you know, uh, not show up. And he then continues that lie for the rest of the movie. He knows that it's it's Meg. And then he goes, OK, well, we're we're, um, you know, you're kind of like my nemesis or whatever. And I'm going to work on you and I'm going to see that I'm going to become your friend as this person first. And I think that's supposed to be seen as romantic, and at no point did I feel it as such. I was like, this is manipulative. It is. Yeah, because, like, if, you know, if you're going in there knowing that, like, if 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 I show myself to be who I actually am, uh I know that she's not going to like me anymore. That's basically his his reason for doing all this, right? Whereas if I show up as the guy who put her out of business, mm-hmm. then that's it. That's over. And I think that's the... I think that's the route you have to take. Otherwise, like, I'm not sure if this is catfishing, but I feel like it's very close to it. It feels like almost... Uh, to me, I was like, this is like stalker territory you know what i mean oh you know what i mean like like it's just like (laughs) false pretenses that you're engaging with each other right like both online he's gaining information to use against her in real life and in real life he's using it getting information to use against her online like it's Oh, it gives me, it just creeps, there's something about it that just creeps me out so much. I, the more we talk about it, the more I'm like, oh, I get like a little chill thinking about it. Just thinking about somebody emailing you and then you find out that it's somebody you've been hanging out with and you never knew it was them. I would be. And they never said that either. Oh, but they knew I would be furious. I wouldn't be like, well, we're in a relationship now. Come make out with me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. And and Tom Hanks also does a weird thing where he makes her, not doesn't make her, but like she starts to clearly have feelings for him. Right. Mm-hmm. And he knows that she has feelings for email guy. And right before she goes to meet email guy, he like makes her like confront the fact that she has feelings for him, which like for her in that moment is very confusing Right? Where she goes, oh, no, I, I feel things for two different people and, like, all the rest. And it works out fine because they end up being the same person. But, like, in that moment, it's a real dick thing to do, knowing that you're both people. Yes. 
It is. It just truly is. I don't think there's any defense for it. I didn't find it whimsical, charming, or rom com I found it odd, an odd, odd choice that I did not care for. <laughs> I don't think Tom Hanks pulled it off, man. Now, listen. Okay. If I watch this with my brain, like not with this, this critical, you know, thing going in the back of my head, I'm sure I'd probably enjoy it. There were parts of this movie that I found very charming. Okay. But if you're looking at it like from a critical point of view, like, Oh no, I don't think, I don't know if Tom's pulling this off. That whole scene where he's talking to the cashier, Meg goes into, I I wrote this down. I'm so interested to hear what you have to say. So, so Meg goes into a line that is supposed to be cash only. She didn't realize it was cash only because she was trying to avoid Tom. And she's trying to like reason with this cashier. And honestly, as somebody who has been a cashier, I thought she was doing a great job. I'm like, that's how I would like to be approached. Apologetically, I'm so sorry. I did not realize. Please, please. Like, would you mind? I beg of you. And Tom kind of saunters over and is like, let me handle this, lady. (laughs) And I found, I didn't even write down what he he said, but I found the way he spoke to this woman so condescending, so so rude. And we're supposed to believe that this, this cashier is suddenly, oh, well, it's... It's Mr. Hanks. I've had a change of heart. This man gets what he wants, and he gets it done quick. And I didn't feel that from that speech. I didn't believe that that cashier would turn it around for Tom and hate Meg. I was like, this is a weird scene for me. Absolutely was, because he he does like, uh, is this or is this not a credit card machine? And I fucking hate that. When you're like, (laughs) it's like, yeah, it's a credit card machine. You know, like when they ask you the questions being like, so then you just won't do it for me? It's like, yes, that's it. That's it exactly. That's, uh, yes. <laughs> Stop being a dick about it. Because we live in a society, there are rules, you know? Like, here's the thing. First of all, how quaint that a cash-only line is supposed to be the quick line. Uh, that doesn't happen anymore. I feel guilty about paying cash now all the time. because Oh, yeah. I just got to <laughs> tap and be gone. Uh-huh. Um the people behind me are going to be so mad. I think in that situation, there is a rule where the cashier kind of has to give you shit for it so that you feel bad about it and don't do it again. But then they are going to process your payment through credit card if they can, because sometimes, you know, debit machines down or whatever. That's happened to me a whole bunch. Um, but then they will process it because it's going to take more time to cancel everything. Oh, right to unring absolutely. everything up and send her to a different thing. You go. This is a cash only line. I know. I know. Do you have any cash? No, I don't. Ugh. Okay, we'll do it this one time. Sorry, everybody. She doesn't have cash, and then they get all mad. That's how societies work. That's how you build rules. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> yeah, but he came across as a dick in that. I completely. He agree. he did, and I think he came across for me as a dick a, a couple of times. This. This idea of like, you know, business isn't personal, it's war, da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, ew. Um. <laughs> yeah, and, and I will say Meg Ryan does have a great <laughs> line about that at the end. So he's always like, it's it's business, it's not personal. She goes, well, it was personal to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe that's why I feel that way too because, you know, like you and I are stand-up comedians and that's like like my biz- like business to me is extremely personal. So maybe that's why that kind of hit me 
in a very particular way, and I'm, it maybe wouldn't hit other people the exact same way, wouldn't hit their ear wrong. But to me, every time he said that, I was like, oh, I just I hate that opinion so much. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I get that, like, you have to make certain decisions regardless, and, like, you know, you, you have to do what's best for that scenario. But, like, realize that putting a small business out of business is a personal attack. Like that is someone's personal livelihood. That is someone's personal, that's a family business that they've put money into. Um, I will say one weird defense that I I need to put out here for Tom Hanks's character is that Fox books is also technically a family business. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like his dad, his grandfather works there. His dad works there. He works there. Right, all of which are terrible uh, with women. Uh, yes, terrible to women. I think that should be a massive red flag for uh, Meg Ryan when she finally meets them all. Uh, just to be like, so your dad's been married this many times, and his last one hit on you a whole bunch, and you've got like a brother who is a small child and an un- aunt who is also a small child. Like it's. Oh, there's a lot of flags. You live in a boat next to your dad's boat. I'm not saying you shouldn't live in a boat. Okay. You can absolutely. I would, Re- Rebecca knows some school. good boat people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know some great boat people. Okay. I'm not against the boat people, but you, you've got a boat next to your divorced dad's boat. It's a lot is all I'm saying. It's a, it would be a tough pill for me to swallow, I think. Yeah. And they also point out that they both have those boats as kind of, divorce or breakup contingency apartments like mm-hmm. <laughs> his dad's going on about how he spent so much time here with the last divorce <laughs> and like when he divorced his mom and all the rest and i'm just like oh you've got like a dock of divorce ships you're like the admiral of divorce right there's an entire fleet that goes out <laughs> i just love when he's sitting there and he's like beautiful isn't it and i'm like you look like you're living inside of a varnished tree this looks terrible i don't think any of this is beautiful i'm really concerned for your taste quite frankly um to i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of cap a couple of things that i didn't like about meg meg ryan's character okay Number one, I found her extremely self-absorbed. Okay. Mm. Like, I understand that you are the number one in this business going down, but she didn't, I don't know if she really seemed to care that the other workers weren't going to have work. You know what I mean? And they expressed that it was a really big deal to them a couple of times. (laughs) Yeah, uh, absolutely. Like, there's there's one line, it's really nice from the older woman who is just like, um, that's the, you're shutting down the store, that's the bravest thing you could possibly do. Um, you know, now you get to go off on this other adventure. Don't feel bad about it. I really like that piece of advice where it's oh, yeah. just like, you you can't feel bad about this. You did the decision and it's very brave to do it. But you're you're absolutely right that at no point do we address the shop girl uh, who works there who is like, <laughs> I can't lose my job. I'll, I won't be able to afford rent and I'll have to move out of the city. Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm an art student at like NYU or something. Like it was just like, she's fucked. She is fucked. And this is another point. Well, the Starbucks, obviously Starbucks is a really big sticking point for me where I'm like, you are you not look in a mirror when you're saying some of these things and just <laughs> consider what you're doing. Um, she also, she gets not like super upset or anything, but it's kind of a sticking point with her that she's really put off 
um, that her partner Frank flirts with a TV host. She's kind of like, oh, are you, are you like flirting with this one? Or she's like, what is this? Like, da, 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 da. I'm like, you just hopped off your email. Okay. Like, how can you look at this and go, well, this seems a little, a little wrong. Cause I'm like, that is, I, I agree with him. Like, obviously that he was attracted to her and he's like, yeah, you know, like I'm kind of like, nothing's happened yet. That's what he says. Like when they're breaking up, he's like, no, like nothing's happened yet, but I wouldn't be lying if I wasn't, didn't say I wasn't like interested kind of feeling, but also to put a, uh, to put a point to this, that is kind of what people do on TV though. He does have a point like being overly friendly and kind of like joking and like, <laughs> like that is, that is this type of TV. Yeah. I don't think anybody, if I watch my partner on, on screen, just kind of being like a little, extra, I'd probably like give him a little elbow, but that would be it. <laughs> it wouldn't, it wouldn't yeah. go farther than that. I'd be like, oh yeah, she's got a nice ass. eh?" and then I'd just like go make popcorn. Like I just, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't think it hit me the same way. No, I mean, I, I did, when I released my album, I did an interview on naked news. Like, I was- <laughs> Here I was there with a woman who was fully naked, just talking about my comedy album. It was like it's fine, you know. It's TV. It's <laughs> Were you flirting with her, Craig? <laughs> or no, did you did you did dial you, it down a few notches, being like, "I'm very aware that this person's naked." It's it's actually really weird where you kind of just forget that they're naked after a minute. Like you're just like, yeah, I guess. No, I just, get that. This is no, just I get a conversation that. that's happening now. But also, uh, uh, bless you for thinking that I can flirt. Uh, I can- <laughs> <laughs> that is not the reason Kat is with me. Uh, <laughs> that is so funny because now I am trying to picture it and I'm like, I actually don't know where I pulled that thought from, Craig. Because <laughs> you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, don't, I have one speed. It's being me. And if that's your thing, great. We're going to get along fine. Uh, but I'm not going to be subtle or coy about it because I don't think I can. Uh <laughs> That's so great. I love that. (laughs) Um, I do also want to say, though, that like the business practices of Tom Hanks are absolutely fucking evil. Uh, Like right at the beginning, there's this meeting and it's his dad and his grandpa. And they're talking about how they are absolutely going to crush small this small independent bookstore they've already crushed another one and they've bought up their stock at discount and like used it to like populate the new big box store and i'm like that's so gross right because there's there's a version of this where they go listen we're not out to kill the little guy what we do is we offer big places where people can sit for hours and it's really nice and they can grab a coffee and no one harasses them to buy anything and they can you know they can be on the Wi-Fi and they're like, it's a, it's, it's, did Wi-Fi exist in 97? I don't think it did. Uh, <laughs> Based off of the noises, I would say no. <laughs> but like there's, there is that. And they go, we're not in competition with small businesses. We offer different things, right? And mm-hmm. just go, we're really good at one thing and I'm sure they're really good at another. And you leave it at that. And if those small businesses go out of business, that's not the goal, but so be it. That's business. But they don't do that. They're, they're like out to get these small yeah. rural businesses and drive them out of business. They literally note that their uh, children's book section isn't hitting as hard as it normally does. And they're like, how do we get the business from this lady's hands? 
And it's like, you know what? If you had released, even because I know this isn't, uh, this is probably not the best business practice, but I think it would have really played well with the community if they had been like, listen, we're going to open this bookstore but we're also working with the local bookstore. We're not going to have a children's section in our bookstore. This is going to be like for, you know, whatever, like 12 plus because we serve coffee and this is, you know what I mean? We're going to yeah. serve a different sort of environment. And we've actually contacted our local book, the, the bookstore across the street. We're going to work like kind of in conjunction with them. We're going to send them business. They're going to send us business because we don't cover the same businesses. That would have been so easy, but they literally go, we're down in money. How do we crush this lady? You know what the, the best move would be is you move that store in you absorb that store and put it in yours. So within that big thing, you've mm-hmm. got this little corner that's around the corner bookstore, right? A little archway you go in and sh- you hire Meg Ryan to manage it and you hire Meg Ryan to come up with the children's selections and do children's programming and do everything she wants. And suddenly it's it's everybody's fine and there's no conflict in the movie. And then they just fall in love as coworkers. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and there's no weird catfishing. Is it catfishing? I don't know. I don't know. I, oh. um, one other thing I clocked that I was like, I don't, I don't know if this is the move, Meg. Uh, I don't think I would ever go to a children's anything to have a breakdown. I don't think I would go to a bookstore mm. and be like, I'm going to have a big cry in the children's section. This feels like a very adult moment. <laughs> I, I'm going to give that to her, though. I think she wanders in to finally see what put her out of business. I think she sits down in the kids section being like, what do they have here? And then breaks down. Uh, I get that move. You can't always control when you're going to have it. <laughs> well, you know what? Fair enough. Fair enough. I have had a couple of public cries. Not going to lie. Most of them on the bus. The bus is my cry place of choice. Surprisingly, I haven't been on a bus almost all year. <laughs> and yet my crying is up like 200%. I don't know Weird. how this is going on. So crazy. Anyway... <laughs> Fair enough. That's a good point. Um, I don't think, I don't know if I have anything else. On, no, uh, I think Tom Hanks is the villain. Uh, I do I, think Tom Hanks is the villain. Unlike you, I do think he gets away with it because he's Tom mm. Hanks. I'm going to give mm-hmm. that movie this. I found, I actually found this movie quite charming and I kind of was rooting for them to get together. Uh, and I, I've seen this before, but like on rewatch, I was just like, Tom Hanks really pulls this off. If it was, uh, if it was somebody, uh, more evil? Uh, absolutely not. No, if it's a Gary Busey, uh, there's absolutely no way you're rooting for Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a really different... This movie would actually have such a different tone if it was anybody else. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. I just don't think he quite... I'm like, I... There were a couple of where I'm like, mm, not even for Tom. <laughs> like, yeah. I just... That's just truly how I felt. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so I guess it is time to give our definitive rankings of how good the villain is. What do you got, Rebecca? Um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm ranking the X's because I think I'm like mild. Um, so I've got horrible children's books. So, uh, from why isn't grandma coming to dinner, uh, to never get into that van. I'm going to give these two X's a, uh, no bullies allowed how to bully a bully. Because 
you need them. Yeah, sometimes, you know what I mean? It's not the best, but you need it. It's a, They're giving you good life advice. They might not be absolutely correct, but I, I think they're good people and they're doing what they can do. Love it. Love it. Uh, so I did, um, inspired by the emails that they were sending back and forth, um, I'm doing the new forms of internet communication I only got in order to talk to girls scale. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so from ICQ, the original, uh-oh, if everyone, uh, if you're old enough for that, all the way up to uh, Facebook. Um, I'm going to give, uh, I, I'm ranking uh, Tom Hanks, by the way. I'm ranking his character there. So I'm going to give Tom Hanks a solid uh, MSN messenger. Sure, sure, it was the big corporation crushing the little guy, but come on, it's Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> That's my scale. And uh, before we get to our hero and villains of the week, uh, a couple ways you guys can uh, support the podcast. Um, first of all, if uh, thank you so much for listening already. If you're enjoying yourself, uh, one big thing you can do to help us out is uh, hop on uh, iTunes or whatever service you're using uh, for podcasts and uh, leave us a quick uh, five-star review. Um, four stars, if that's the maximum. I can never remember that. Uh, and maybe <laughs> a quick uh, one-sentence review. That helps the algorithm. It helps other people discover the podcast. We've gotten messages from people who've discovered it that way. Um, so that really helps. And if you want to get in touch with us, this was an audience suggestion, everybody. And every month, what we do is we take audience suggestions and we put it up as a poll in our uh, Patreon and people get to vote on it. So if you have suggestions uh, for the podcast, absolutely get in touch with us because because uh, we we love hearing them. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at VWR Podcast. You can get in touch with us uh, on Facebook villain was right and you can email us at villain was right at gmail.com with your suggestions and also as always you can hit us up on patreon if you want some extra details content stuff we've got we are our, our, those episodes are loose loosey goosey we get real weird on them so we get two bonus episodes every month uh if you join our top tier patreon we also this was um this was a audience choice this month. And you know what? I thought they were wrong, and you guys were absolutely right. You nailed it. This was a great movie to watch um, for this podcast and just in general and in life. Um, so if you want to have more say, uh, get on patreon.com slash villain was right. You can hit us up there for extra content. And we have uh we got merch now. So if you're looking for some fun you know, a fun mug to freak out your coworkers. Who knows? What do you want? Well, uh, hit us up. We've got a link, I believe, on our Twitter. Yeah, um, superheroes.com We'll take you to the T Public store. Um, a couple of people have already sent uh, pictures of them wearing our <laughs> merch, which is uh, fantastic. We like to see it, and we can put all these designs on T-shirts, mugs, notebooks. Um, so if you don't want a <laughs> Get your nerd dicks tucked into your waistband <laughs> T-shirt to wander around in. Uh, maybe you put that on a little sticker or notebook you just keep under your desk by yourself. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. Check it out. We got lots of uh, designs up there. Uh, so check that out, vwrstore.fromsuperheroes.com. And now... And our heroes and villains of the week. Yeah, heroes and villains of the week. I've got a hero this week. I am... Um, this is this is something small, but it was so huge to me because I, I think we've all been, you know, we've been doom scrolling. We've been feeling bad, I think. Um, and sometimes it's just nice to be reminded that there are good people in the world that will do good things just because. Just because it's a good thing to do. So uh, I got a message last week out of nowhere. Uh, this guy I didn't know on Facebook had messaged me and had sent me a... 
basically this explanation and a photo uh, being like, hey, I think this package was um, sent to me by mistake. I was just wondering if this is you. You're the only Rebecca Reads I found in Toronto. Um, just let me know. And so nervous to open up a photo from a stranger on Facebook because they always flare it out and you're like, "Ah, is this a trap? Anyway, I opened it up and it was absolutely um, a package, a Christmas present, more most importantly, and an expensive Christmas present had that I had ordered had been sent to his house. We live on the same street, but like completely opposite sides Right, um, like 25 and 52 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, but like it's a, it's a, it's like a distance. It's like 10 right. Toronto blocks. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a bit of a jaunt. Anyway, um, this guy's like, I was just wondering if this is you. Um, if you want, I can give it back to the post office or like I can drop it off at your place. And I was like, buddy, like, thank you so much for firstly, thank you for the effort that you're putting in for a total stranger. Really appreciate it. I was like, I can come. I was like, I don't want to put you out. I was like, I can come pick pick it up at your place. No problem. Like whatever's good for you. That's great. Because as we all know, if you give this back to the post office, it's going to be lost. I'm never going to get it back. I am never going to get this gift. And it was something from that I had ordered locally from like a Canadian company. Right. And it's like normally when you don't, when you order from like a big box store, you're less worried because you're like, oh, you guys have like insurances and stuff. But like, I can't call up the local store to be like, hey, I didn't get this because either your mistake, my mistake. Yeah. Who, yeah. Who, who knows? Right. Anyway, um, and the guy didn't get back to me right away, and I was, like, so nervous. I was like, oh, man, maybe he changed his mind. But I was like, well, I don't know why you would go through all the effort to message me, take a photo, and then not follow up. Anyway, he followed up with me and was like, listen, um, it's absolutely not a problem. He's like, I'm going to drop it off at your place around 5 o'clock. And I was like, are you freaking serious, dude? So I keep waiting. I'm tense because I'm, like, I'm waiting for, like, whatever – the, the world has taught me this is a scam. <laughs> this is a scam in some way. Like I'm waiting for, you know, the thing to happen that's bad. Because I'm like, this is a stranger. There's no reason for this person to be nice to me. Anyway, I get a text at like six o'clock being like, hey, just dropped it off. It's outside. I go outside. It is there. And I'm like, and I send him this message. I'm like, thing, like literally didn't ask for anything. Didn't want anything. Didn't. Didn't need a thank you or a follow-up or nothing. Just did it because he was like, oh, no, it was literally not a problem, and I just wanted to help you out. And I was like, you are a true sweet angel. I just sent him this biggest, like, thank you so much. Like, nobody would do this. Oh, my God, you're amazing. Like, really? So he, this, this man, this stranger is my hero of the week. You are a fantastic person. Good for you. That is so heartwarming. I love oh, that. I, it was what a so great nice. Story. Oh, man, so nice. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, I'm going to change it up a little bit. Yeah. Because uh, I would be remiss uh, <laughs> if we did a whole episode on called You've Got Mail, and I did not uh, do the final, what I hope is the final, uh, Craig Fay versus technology yeah! of 2020. Um, so first of all, I will point out that I do not hate all technology. Uh, <laughs> I recently installed a Chrome plugin that... <laughs> quick keyboard shortcut and it changes text from lowercase all to caps right super easy should work does work it saves me literally fractions of seconds every two weeks and i love it (laughs) uh it's greatly improved my life on the other hand uh i had to make a doctor's appointment uh very recently and uh of course with covid and everything like that they are doing everything online 
So I go to the clinic's website and I log in and it's like, it's this, it's this, uh, other site that they use for booking, which is fine. And it's called I am sick.ca, <laughs> which is, I think the worst name for a medical thing. Like I am sick.ca does not sound like this is a thing that you use to book your doctor. That sounds like the YouTube channel of a 12 year old who does kick flips in the parking lot after school. That's what I am sick <laughs> sounds like. Uh, and, and, uh, over all this, I will say I use a password manager on my computer, okay? Which is, if you're not aware, it stores all your passwords for all your sites, all your login info. It autofills everything, logs you in. It generates new passwords for you. So everything is really secure. So I go to sign into this thing again. Obviously, I don't remember the password because it's been like months since I, went, I logged into imsick.ca. <laughs> so I hit the whole thing. I reset my password. My Password manager regenerates a new password, and I'm like, great. I log in. I make the appointment. It's like Monday at 1040 or something like that. And I get an email from it being like, you've got a telephone appointment with your doctor Monday at 1040. And I was like, great. I have succeeded. Monday <laughs> at 1040 comes along. 1040 comes and goes. And I haven't gotten a call yet. And I'm like, wait, was I supposed to call? Or were they calling me? And I check the email and it doesn't say. It just says telephone appointment with your doctor. And I'm like, well, maybe there's some more information on the website. So I go back to IamSick.ca <laughs> and I go to log in again. And it's like, we don't remember your password. We don't know what it is. I was like, how is this possible? I just reset my password the other day. I made sure it was saved in the password manager when I did it. And so then I go through my list of passwords, like, as you can look at all of them, there is nothing in there for IamSick.ca. So then I, I hit the, I was like, I guess I got to do this again. This is like now like 11 o'clock, right? I hit it again. I reset the password. This fucking site redirects you to a different URL to reset the password. It goes to something like Empower.ca. So it changes the password for this other site and it doesn't remind remember it for I am sick, which is just the dumbest thing in the world. But anyway, I get logged in. Nowhere does it say anything about what is supposed to happen for this appointment. I go to my appointments. It's like, you don't have any appointments. And I just look at it. It's like, here's some past appointments. And it's like 1040. I was like, did I miss the appointment? Or does this just say it's a past appointment because it's currently past 1040? And I was just, so I was going through the, the website, like clicking on all the different like pages and they're like virtual. It's like, here's a virtual waiting room. And I was like, oh no, was I supposed to go into a virtual waiting room? And then right below it, it's like register, like uh, uh, sign up today. I'm like, what do you mean sign up today? I'm logged into I'm this in. website. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I couldn't find any information. They had a merch. They had a merch tab. Uh, if you, oh yeah, of course. Am, if you, <laughs> if you were so impressed by her uh, experience with IamSick.ca, you can get it on what is surely a scratchy, low quality T-shirt. Um, so I, I'm like, I don't know. I guess I just missed it. I called the clinic, but obviously nobody's there. Like the reception's mm-hmm. not there. The doctor's not there. So I just leave leave a voicemail. I was like, I don't know what to do. And then like you know, 10 minutes later, my doctor calls me and it's all fine. It's like, okay, he was supposed to call me. But yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, that's how every appointment I've had has worked. They call I you. <laughs> I know. And I should have known that. But like, here's the thing. 
I'm not even, I don't even care that he was late because it's like, it's your doctor's appointment, right? Yeah. If, if, if I had been in a waiting room of a doctor's office and he was 20 minutes late getting to me, I'd be like, the doctor is busy. But instead, I don't get to do that. I get to interact with this poorly designed technology that like takes you in loops everywhere. And this is, this is the realization uh, that I came to, which is that's just how I need to interact with the world now. And it's so frustrating. You know, like I don't have any choice but to interact with the world under, except for under this uh, absolutely terrible thing. Uh, system where it's inconvenient, it doesn't work, and it's not clear in some way, and all these, mm-hmm. these horrible things. Anyway, long story short, he orders a blood test. He's like, just go to any of these uh, of a certain lab, right, like a medical lab, to get a blood test. I was like, do I need an appointment? He's like, nope, just go to any single one, um, and they will they will have the thing on file, and they'll just take it. He's like, call ahead because of COVID or whatever to make sure, but like, go. So I go to this fucking website and I create a new <laughs> login and a new password and I book an appointment and then I uh, fast for 12 hours as is required. But of course it's uh, fucking like noon on a Friday is the only appointment I can get. So I'm sitting there all morning, not can't eat. I can't drink coffee. And that's Rebecca. That's all I have going on right now is, <laughs> is coffee, <laughs> coffee and eating things. Like yes. I was just like, well, what now? I was like, I can't eat anything. So what else am I going to do? Well, I should eat something. It's like, you can't do that. And then I get to this place and they're like, we don't have any record of your doctor sending us anything you need a requisition form, go back to your doctor and get it. So after all this, I still have to go back to the doctor. <gasps> That's so crazy. Mine just emails them to me. I know. It doesn't, it, it didn't work out. Anyway, so then I came oh. home and I had a very grumpy coffee and I <laughs> ate some leftover pad thai and I was miserable the rest of the day. But that's Craig Favors' technology. I fucking hate it. <laughs> just let me sit in a, just let me sit in a room and let the doctor tell me when I'm done. You know what one's the worst when you're waiting is, uh, or one of the worst for me is when they uh, have to do an ultrasound anywhere near your bladder because you're just, you're like, I've had to pee for two hours. now. like, I just, if we could hurry this along. By all means, press harder, press harder. Yeah. Uh, oh my God. They're like, oh my God, you're bursting. I'm like, yes, please just release me. <laughs> I can't handle this. But yeah, I agree. Super freaking frustrating. <laughs> oh, well guys, as always, um, if you want to follow uh, me, you can follow me at Rebecca reads on any platform of your choosing. Uh, yeah, you can follow me uh, at Craig Fay comedy on Facebook, Twitter, CraigFay.com, and uh, Craig Fay comedy on uh, YouTube as well. We've got some uh, clips from the show uh, up there. So uh, yeah, check those out. Yeah, and guys, next week we're going to be covering uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 2000 Jim Carrey version. I believe that's the title. I don't think I'm... (laughs) We both both watched the same movie, right, Craig? (laughs) Definitely did this time. We made sure. (laughs) Yeah, oh my God. Um, Yep, so next week we're going to be covering that. I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a really great episode, so uh, check that out next Thursday. And as always, this is The Villain Was Right, reminding you that Starbucks is not a mom and pop shop. <laughs> the Villain Was Right was produced by Andrew Ivamy for the From Superheroes Network. For more great podcasts like this, as well as YouTube series, webcomics, and so much more, visit FromSuperheroes.com. <laughs>